Welcome back to the Integrateness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. And we're working to find perfect balance in where to put the mic. Yeah. Because I'm just a bit taller than And my Jolene. neck hurts. And her neck hurts, so she doesn't want to stretch for the entire like, 18, 19 so minutes. I, I balance on my tippy toes, folks. You know, that's a good one, actually. We do that in yoga sometimes. Like, you'll stretch and you'll stand and you go on tippy toes and you put your hands up as high as you've got a ceiling so it can't oh, go as high. Oh, you can touch. I can't touch that ceiling. It's a high you got to have a toit butt, though, right? Yep, you right? got to <laughs> suck in the core and suck in your butt. And push yourself as far as you can. This week, we're talking balance, which is a nice continuation of our grounding uh, episode last week. Because you know when you're not grounded. We talked about that last week. When you're feeling grounded, everything's great, or when everything's chaos and out of control. The same is true for when you've achieved balance in your life. And Jolene, you were mentioning you had a client talking to you about balance in terms of like nutrition and yeah, fasting. Because there's yeah. so many different ways that you can balance yourself. Totally. And I feel like we do this to avoid cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is this idea that like our 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 values and our beliefs are not aligning with our actions. Um, so we might know that we need to eat healthy and know that putting certain things in our body isn't a good idea. But then when we do the opposite of that, it creates this discomfort. And I really think that we are always, I mean, as organisms, I remember this in biology, whatever, um, we are always seeking um, equilibrium. Our body will naturally go into a state of homeostasis. We're always looking for balance at an organ organism level, like cellular level, also at like a, a social and emotional level as well, right? So anytime things come into our body that can depress them, like depress meaning the central nervous system, um, our body will release things like adrenaline or stimulating uh, hormones and neurotransmitters to counter that. So alcohol is a great example of a depressant and then your body will create a reverse reaction and vice versa, right? So when we look at some of those things, yeah, a lot of us um, will do things to reconcile stuff, right? So like I think of this nutritionally, right? Um, I will let myself have that piece of cake because I had so many salads or I ate this way all week. And The Rock talks about this with his crazy ass cheat days, right? And like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a conflicting thing because if we obey 80% of the time and then let ourselves run wild the 20% of the time, how much damage is that 20% of the time doing perhaps rather than having like a happy medium throughout all of that with less restriction binge kind of pattern, right? Like it's really hard to seek that balance. You know what I'm saying? Well, the, the Stoics talk about that in terms of temperance. Mm -hmm. So you don't ever overindulge in anything, but you maintain control. So you allow yourself these things. Like I have my two, two whiskeys a night, mm -hmm. um, but I don't go and have like eight whiskeys ever. Except for the drunk podcast. Except episode. for the drunk podcast coming up this fall. <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean? Like you do, yeah. but you have a certain measure of control. So you never let your passions control you, mm -hmm. but you indulge them just enough so that you're not denying yourself that either. Yeah, because I do think that there is a lot of restriction. I was talking about this in a session this morning. There's so much restriction in our lives when we're trying to seek uh, consistency and stability and we have routines and we have schedules and structures and we like predictability, but then that also makes things really rigid. And for the feminine energy uh, in all of us, we need to be fluid and we need to be intuitive in terms of like, yes, I may wake up and work out at five every single day or I may fast at all these times, but when my body's sick or for women when your cycle is in the bleed phase um, or when certain things are occurring in our lives, like we can't always maintain that rigidity because our body is telling us it needs something different. And I think that all of that rigidity 
and structure we can have in our life can really override when we truly need to listen to ourselves. But then sometimes when we're listening to ourselves and that desire is out of control and not managed, we do need the structure and rigidity and routine. And it's really hard to like responsibly cultivate that. And I think it comes down to like true transparency with self. I agree. Yeah, no, you're right because we can trick ourselves <laughs> and we can talk ourselves into pretty much anything if we really want to, mm-hmm. right? So it is It is kind of, it's like that old phrase, like know thyself mm-hmm. and kind of know when you legitimately need something and when you don't. Like lately, I've been trying to do less and I have a tendency to say yes to things. So I kind of joined this magazine project and I, I've been doing freelancing, but I'm just starting to scale back because I was finding, especially like last week and the week before, I could just do what I needed to do just to get through the day. Mm-hmm. Anything extra wasn't working and I overloaded myself. And so you got to know that. You got to, I, I, I like to be busy, but there's a point where you're too busy. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Yes. When you went back, when, when you were in that space and like had taken on too many tasks, did your uh, brick lane injury start bugging you? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, see it you did, guys. Right? It did, right? It did. I was like, that. wow, it really, it was it's still a bit sore today. Because that was a previous weak point. So if you guys remember a couple episodes back, Jason talked about this summer. Um, he was doing a lot of physical labor. And then at the end of uh, the summer, his back had taken too much of the load for yep. the summer and said, nope, time out. That is your most recent injury. So that is the place that if you have a point of weakness or your body's waving the weight flag, it's going to go, oh, Jason's not slowing down. What worked last time? Boom, that injury. Yep. It'll bring it up, that right? I love and so, it. yeah, you got to, it's, 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 but you got to know that. Yes. Right? And look for those signs. Our bodies will tell us when we're in balance and when we're not in balance. You just got to understand, like, why am I so tired? Why can't I, why can I just kind of get up in the morning and shower, eat my breakfast, and then that's it? Why can't I do, like, you know, my usual morning stretching? Or why, when I sit down at my desk to do my work, do I suddenly feel ill mm-hmm. at the thought of even doing your work that you're supposed yeah. to do every day? And then this becomes an issue, and we talked about that with your back piece too, because sometimes those physical injuries or tiredness or upset stomachs, things like that, they are actually calling us to uh, slow down or pay attention to something or shift directions, that kind of thing. But if we fall into that too much and don't push through them at the wrong times, then it will perpetuate that problem. So there becomes this fine line. So if you are having a chronic injury and you have something that's not going away and you've kind of tried to address it from multiple levels, often places I will take clients when they are stuck in that way is like, how is this benefiting you? And somewhere in there, Believe it or not, this very annoying injury or reoccurring um, phenomena in their life inadvertently is benefiting them somewhere. And it might be because they have a fear of failure or they were needing a break or they need an out but didn't want to say that or they haven't had the brave conversation about something or maybe they're not reaching out asking for help and they're bearing the load of it. Um, it is serving them somewhere, maybe protecting others from carrying the burden that them speaking up would have to do. Things like that, right? I like that. But we never really know. <laughs> and here's the thing. There's never a right or wrong answer to are you listening to your body and taking the time off? Or are you afraid of moving your body in new ways now because it's been a while and you don't want to fail or go through the pain of what that initial startup feels like? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that, that what the fear of failure yeah. is, right? Fear of success even. Because if you're yes. successful, then you're committed. You have to do it then, right? Yeah. And so many of us go back to old things. Like you would have went back to yoga after the summer and you were like, 
fuck, I got to start all over. I did that with Pilates yeah. and I was like, I could feel so much eagerness, but then I felt hesitation at the same time being like, I'm going to have to start back a little bit and I'm not going to be at the ability I was at when I last left off. And that really started to play with like the classes I was choosing. And I was like, I don't want to scare myself away. I want to give myself confidence and do it easily without being super sore. And I was really happy with the results of all of that too. Right. But I was so aware of that, like resistance of like, fuck, I got to start back a little bit more. I don't like that. No, I don't like that either. But you got to be say, like you said, you got to say, it's okay. Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to take start with the easier class for the first week. Like when I went back to yoga, I just did the yin, which is mostly just long, deep stretches. Mm-hmm. And then I eased into sort of a, a hatha, which is like that, only a little more intense. And then I did the flow, which is the one where you're moving for most of the whole hour. And that's okay. But I, I can do it all now. Yeah. And in my head, it's like, I can do this now, right? I'm yes. in balance. I'm in better balance than I was like a month ago. Yeah. And you were talking about when you... Uh you were thinking about going back into martial arts or something more like that. Were you thinking yep, about that? I'm still going to. Yeah. yeah. Actually. And there's a new place in town, which is it's boxing, but it's like a cardio boxing. Okay. So I'm going to give that a try mm-hmm. first instead of just getting yeah. into like, Hey, I'm going to go spar right away. And you know hard- what I mean? Yeah. And the hardest thing with those is like 10 years ago, you might've been able to come and go and mm-hmm. take a year off or this or that and jump back in. And you might be different this time. Like, I know so many people are like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I can just kind of start up whenever. Oh, it's no problem to lose 20 pounds. And then they're like, fuck, it's way harder than it used to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's way. (laughs) So those are all little pieces, too, where we, like, can kind of catch ourselves and forget that, like, no, we have a present version of us. Our body is constantly changing. Like, I think they say at a cellular level, you like completely become a new person cellularly like every seven years or something there's a rejuvenation of something so like yeah if you haven't done something in seven years guess what is gonna be very different this time around it's a, it's a whole harder. different version of you and in yeah. our heads like i remember talking to my mom before she passed away and she was like 80 and she said in her head she still felt 20 mm-hmm. like we you know what i mean i don't think that ever changed our brains are very different than where our bodies are at yeah well and there's so many like age-defying things now too like dave asprey is somebody that i follow on instagram and i mean he's all into biohacking and all that kind of stuff and i find it fascinating right like if you have the time and energy but i mean i'm also trying to do a million (laughs) other things in my life that are probably aging me at the same time right but really looking at this like where do you seek balance are you one of those people that has a consistent um uh more regulated sense of like give and take with yourself in terms of like restriction and rules and pleasure and um you know satisfaction around things or are you like a restriction and then a purge or a binge kind of pattern and you'll notice this in terms of how you exercise do you do nothing and then go crazy out for like a hockey tournament one weekend or like go to the gym and just start where you left off and then screw yourself for a couple of weeks or you know go and have fun doing something you used to do 20 years ago and then realize holy shit this is a different body and I've just injured myself right um or do you go for a 20 minute walk every day and do your five minutes of stretching every day and you don't really hit the extremes you stay with the consistency point or again, like when it comes to uh, nutrition, when it comes to, I don't know, maybe nutrition. socializing, right? Nutrition, I always find is the funny one. And it's that old classic joke. Um, you see the person in the food lineup and they get the cheeseburger and the fries and the gravy and they get like an ice cream, but then they drink a Diet Cola. 
You know what I mean? But you see that, right? I've seen it. That's oh it's like that cliche, but I've seen it in life. It's yeah. like that. That cola isn't going to make up for the 1,800 calories you're consuming with the rest of your dinner, totally. which is about the maximum some people should eat for a whole day. I know. It's wild, right? Yeah. yeah. But it is. You know, really let yourself think about that. Um, alcohol is a perfect example of this, right? So are you somebody that, you know, like Jason talks about, will have one or two drinks, but rarely have that binge? Or do you withhold all week? just so you can have that binge on the weekend. And let's look at which one is more damaging, right? Mm -hmm. um, from a body perspective, maybe it is the daily ones. We don't, I mean, they study this stuff, but I don't know how ethically we can really study it all. Um, but yeah, from the binge perspective, there's a lot of bad decisions made on those times. And usually it's the social and economic downfall rather than the physical. Even though, I, like, because I, <clears throat> I used to be one of those weekend bingey mm -hmm. people, uh, the day it can do irreparable damage to your system because you're if you're doing it as a slow trickle all the mm -hmm. time you're never overdoing it and there's so yeah. much alcohol you can safely consume but if you have like and i've known people to have like 12 beers in one night mm -hmm. and i'm not talking like through the day i'm mm -hmm. talking one night that's like 12 times five is what 70 what is it guys how 60 60, 60. so that, it's like 60 is that much alcohol in your body in like mm -hmm. a few hours is terrible for you it's, it actually does damage to your central nervous system to yeah. your cardiovascular system not that this is a health and nutrition show but just it's it's bad yeah and when you think about uh and this is also a part of that like homeostasis so when we drink alcohol your body um produces an enzyme your liver produces an enzyme to break down alcohol so when you drink regularly your liver always has that enzyme turned on going oh yeah i know at this time of the day so for you jason yours would turn on being like i will readily have this enzyme available because this is usually when the alcohol enters our system alcohol is a poison and we have to be able to metabolize it so we need that i believe it's acetic acetylcholine is the um the enzyme and there are some races who do not produce that typically asian and our indigenous uh the indigenous mm -hmm. folks they don't so they are i mean technically kind of like allergic to alcohol and when i explain that to people they go oh my god this makes so much sense i thought i was just a bad drunk or this or that so biologically speaking some people have more of an advantage to metabolizing alcohol so now if you are a regularish drinker, your body's going to have that enzyme ready to metabolize the alcohol and your body's going to be able to absorb it and process it through and do what it needs to do. If you are a like once every eight weeks kind of binger, that enzyme is nowhere to be found. So that actually plows your system and puts a huge payload on it, which means extra shitty hangover the next day. Yeah. So that's kind of me nowadays because I don't, I'm not a regular drinker throughout the day, but I enjoy some cocktails at an event or things like that. And I was laughing cause I'm leaving for Vegas tomorrow with like 15 women and we're going to the pink concert. <laughs> By the time you guys hear this, I will have already hopefully made my way back to the country. <laughs> and I have to bail you yeah, out of jail I, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is the whole balancing, right? Cause yeah. I have just been so, over responsible that I'm like oh my god so when I went to the Chili Peppers concert in the springtime with a couple of girlfriends I had so much fun <laughs> and I was like oh no I'm kind of terrified if that version of me comes out in Vegas because I got to do that like I have to survive five days not just one day <laughs> and like I'm in another country and my friends like took good care of like Jolene who wanted to just go and talk to people and would forget things here and there <laughs> I made my way back to the hotel room safely um 
But it's funny because you even look at those kind of balance pieces. So for me now, that like my liver is not readily available for it. So I'm like, oh God, I just don't want a shit hangover the next day. So it's really hard. And I know that that's going to sneak up on me one day. I'll try and be very restrictive in a sense. And then it's going to catch me by surprise. And there will be a random day where I end up getting probably shit faced and going like, ah, oh, came by surprise. <laughs> Try, try to balance it. Alcoholic yeah. drink, water drink. Alcoholic oh, yeah. drink, water drink. That works I know, fine. I do. I do. But sometimes you're having a good time. I know, time. and you forget. <laughs> yeah, so there's the other thing people will do because they're like, oh, it's easier. I don't want to eat because it'll kill my buzz, right? And we know from a harm reduction point of view, you want to have something in your stomach. Yes, you, you want do. This. And again, these are all the balance pieces that our body naturally creates. But then we override that because we find smarter ways, right? I mean... Yeah, it's way more money to drink on a full stomach because it takes more. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you got to think of your end game here. Yeah. But the same is true. Like people talk about fasting. And you kind of mentioned to Jolene, you had a client. They were talking about, I think her husband would fast. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, nutritionally, we fast every day. If yeah. you eat at six o'clock at night and you don't have breakfast till six or seven, that's a good 12 hour. That's enough. Yeah. You don't need to go like three days. Yeah. Without that, unless you're trying to do something to clean your system out and do a hard yeah, reset. And I think intuitively, like we have to listen to our bodies. If we're hungry at a certain time, then, you know, look at that and listen to that. And men and women are going to have different needs that way. And, you know, men, again, we've talked about that, rejuvenate their energy on a 24 hour clock. And for women, it's a 28 day cycle. So, uh, women who are fasting, I believe, I, I mean, this isn't something I participate in, but I get hangry. Um, but, uh, they are encouraged during their bleed time of their menstrual cycle to not fast because that is hard on the body. That's a recovery stage for the body where it needs nourishment, um, and fasting also from like a trauma perspective, uh, if, if done excessively and inconsistently, I think is the key, any kind of dieting that's really excessive, our body goes into a fight or flight panic state and goes, Oh my goodness, we are starving. What do we need to do? The next meal that comes in, we are going to store it like crazy. And I wish they told me this when I was 15 and struggling with body image as a teenager and stuff, because when you starve yourself in these periods of time and then binge your body's actually going to store that like twice as much as it normally would if it knew the next supply was coming in so your fat fat cells will shrink but you still have the same space to fill up so they'll create more fat cells yeah to make up for the ones that have (laughs) shrunk so now you have double the fat cells to fill up like so this is where like boomerang dieting we have hijacked that at a very young age to particularly teenage girls, I think, right? Not realizing the biological impact that that has. And then women in their forties with hormonal stuff and you know, all of this, they're like, Oh my God, I'm like, I've never been this heavy in my life, but I've also never been this happy in my life too. So there becomes these whole different pieces of like on the outside, we might not look at, but on the inside we do. And there's all these pieces where we're balancing this stuff out. Does that make sense? It does. Well, and I think like there's a lot of pressure put on in social media and all that, that you should look a certain way, et cetera, and it, for, for both women and men. So I think being aware of that too, the external things that might be motivating you to do something you don't need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when we think about balance, right? Um, when we think about like even sleep, some of these things, right? Like how how do you balance your day if you haven't had enough sleep? Oh, what do you do? Drink coffee. Yeah. 
right? Which and is like a stimulant. Think about how that throws you out of balance because then that's going to suppress your appetite and then your blood sugars are going to go squirrely. And then when your blood sugars are squirrely, it's going to increase your cortisol levels. And then that's going to change your mood. It's going to change how your food's metabolized because then your digestive system is going to shut down because you're internally activated. And then you're also going to be running, like probably grabbing for carbs, quick energy, all those things. But look at that cycle simply from one night of no sleep or something. We're constantly seeking balance. We are all the time. Yeah. Even right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm on I'm on one foot right now. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like leaning against the desk because Jason makes us stand now, right? It's good for you. It's better for you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's good. And, and I like to move around, right? So even... Think about that. Like, where do you get to balance your day out, right? We have busy times in our week and less busy times. Where do we balance our social time, right? A lot of people who um, enjoy uh, some alone time or are a little bit more introverted, they are constantly restructuring their social dollars, right? Oh, I do that totally every, almost every day. Like, I'd like, because like I'm a planner, so like, oh, I want to do this and hang out with that person. But it's like, Oh, but then like, you know, we're recording and this is like an hour and a half of social time for me. Yes. So I need it like, and then I'm doing yoga at like 5.30. So it's like, do I want to really hang out on a Tuesday night? Probably not. No. Because I'll need to get some downtime. Yeah. Because totally. yoga, you're in a class with other people. Absolutely. So look at all of those things, right? And like, do you do a good enough job of balancing those kind of demands throughout your day? Good or demanding, right? Um, and then also balancing like, how much am I doing and how much can I get help doing? Yes. So that's another piece is like when we feel out of balance. So just me leaning on the desk there, right? Like, yeah, I could do it a little bit more on my own, but then I got to hold my core in and I'm like, why am I working harder than I need to right now? Just (laughs) lean on the desk. That's not harming anyone because I'm not in an exercise class right now. I'm talking to you guys, right? (laughs) So yeah, there's times where delegating or having somebody else do it, it might be time and money balance. Like for me, that is the constant struggle because I will pay money for things that I can do on my own, but don't have the time for. Yeah. I think you know? we all suffer a bit from that. In yeah. Life, right? And you really have to pick and choose and who's the best person for the job, right? Like is my time and I don't have anyone that cleans my house, but I've often made this kind of argument with myself. Like is my time better spent with my kids and making money, helping people, or is it spent cleaning my house when that money could be used to support someone else who is really good at that and possibly needs that, right? Like, oh, yeah. where is my time better spent? And I mean, if anybody wants to start a GoFundMe to clean my house, I would fucking love you. <laughs> we should start like a little donation thing. Buy us a coffee. Listen to our podcast. Buy us a coffee. Psychic readers do that all the time. All the time. All the time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that can be like karmic balance. We're giving you free stuff. Maybe buy us a coffee. Or not a coffee. A soothing tea. (laughs) Somebody to scrub my toilets. Just kidding, guys. Either or. Yeah, right? (laughs) But, you know, looking at that, the time and money balance, that's actually a really big one that that rolls into my life quite a bit. Yeah, and I I think, especially with things becoming more expensive, more and more people, we're we're even finding that. Like, we're fine. But it's just like, well, what do we spend the money on? So if we want to go out to eat on a Saturday, we don't eat out through the rest of the week mm-hmm. because we went to Earl's and it was $200. Isn't that crazy? That's ridiculous. I, I hadn't gone out in forever. But yep. then, guys, then, hey, I got a boyfriend and we like to go out sometimes. And sometimes I am probably not a very delightful girlfriend. And I look at the bill and I'm like, what the fuck? That was so much. And I'm like, I'm not negating the fact that we just had this really wonderful time, but it's also been like 15 years since I actually really enjoyed restaurants. Did it really go up that much? It sure shit did. That used to feed like six to eight people. Yeah. And we are not six to eight people. No, you were I two. might, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, we did our dinner out for 200 bucks, and it was very lovely. We all yeah. had a good time, but that was at Earl's. The last time I paid that much was at, like, the Brownstone, which yes! is the highest-end restaurant in yes! town. Yes, yes, I know. So it's like, I have a hard time catching up with those things sometimes, right? And I, like, I still, like... I remember when a six pack was nine dollars. <laughs> I wish right? a six pack was like, nine dollars. <laughs> you know, I remember when I first started driving and gas wars were thirty four cents, right? Yeah, and like, that was astronomically expensive. Yeah, so it's just kind of crazy, and I know, I, I know there's inflation, and I'm not, I don't feel old, which is why I don't actually feel like these numbers have caught up properly. But there's all those things where the, you then have to choose, like, which one am I going to sacrifice? Which one am I going to give? Perfect example, and and sometimes like, where do I go for help? I don't even know where to go for help sometimes times right so when someone's finally able to ask for help they're like where the fuck do i go perfect example here my blinker is out in my car i went to lordco i bought the light i can't get this damn thing in i youtubed it i spent half an hour in my driveway i cannot get this plug out it's i see it i hold it i can get it but then the cord to pull it out is so tight it won't let me pull it any further i broke two nails Spent half an hour in my driveway and went, fuck this. My time is better spent doing something else. So my vehicle is going into Ford later this week, before tomorrow, before I go. I'm just dropping it off there for tires. And I'm going to leave the light bulbs in there with a Starbucks gift card and say, can you please put this light bulb in my right blinker? Thank you. Like, I cannot figure that out. But where do you go to change a light bulb? Do you have to book it into a shop? Oh, for sure you do. Or you find someone who knows how to do it. I know. Right? But like I I did know how to do it. I couldn't physically get it out. And my hand guaranteed is smaller than that guy's. And I used a pair of pliers. Guys, help me out here. Like, was I supposed to remove my right fucking tire and fender? Like, that's crazy. You shouldn't have to do that much work. No, no, no. no. So I had the same thing. I had to get the brakes replaced on the truck first time in eight years. And your body helped you. He did. So a, a twelve to thirteen hundred dollar bill became a three hundred dollar bill. Amazing. That was a choice, right? Like, yeah. but that's the more that that's again about balance. So where would, is that money better spent? I mean, sure, it was time, on my buddy's part and my part, but it was worth it to save like a grand. Yes, I did that last year, winterizing my boat in my driveway with a friend's husband, and it was like one hundred twenty five bucks for the Yamaha pack, and then like a, a two six of whiskey, yeah. right? And then this year, because I did some damage to my prop, guys. Uh, I needed the whole thing checked out and I was like, I'll take it in. And uh, it was $588 just for the winterization. I was like, oh, barf, that was $400 more. But I needed it done and I needed it looked at for this insurance claim. So there you go. There's some examples of the balance and the balancing act that we do every day. Totally. So that's going to cut into my Vegas budget, guys. I'm just kidding. It won't. It won't. Planning ahead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so in the comments, um, tell us how you're sort of achieving balance in your life or where do you think you need to find more balance? Let us know. And uh, we might even bring it up in a future episode. Yeah. What you guys have done is tips. We can do like a tips episode, like tips from you guys to other listeners. Yeah. And I want you to pay attention. Is the balance you are trying to maintain healthy or unhealthy, right? Because, I mean, you could be like, oh, yeah, I hit a speedball. And that's my way of seeking balance, a stimulant and a depressant. And, you know, I have whatever to come down from all the coffee high that I have during the day. Might not be the healthiest seeking of balance. What might be a different way of balancing, right? Exactly. So really uh, be honest with yourself about where you balance and counterbalance things. But then also, is this a healthy coping mechanism or could I get to the root of this so that I didn't have to balance it so much in a certain way, right? Exactly. I like that. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Which so br- until then. That's right. <laughs> 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 Which brings us to the end of this episode. 
Uh, we're back next week with your next favorite episode of the Integrateness Podcast. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.